Welcome. I'm Anastasia Glova, bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Full and edited versions of our podcasts are available on our website at www.cato.org. If the pen is mightier than the sword, then Tom Palmer, senior fellow and director of Cato University, may have a fighting chance at conquering a few Arab hearts and minds. Since embarking on a mission to spread the ideas of liberty to the Arab world, Tom has commissioned translations of writers ranging from Adam Smith to Johann Norberg, lectured extensively in Arab countries, and launched Cato's Arabic website, Lamp of Liberty. Today, he discusses his thoughts and progress with us. Tom, you've traveled to Middle Eastern countries, including Iraq, to lecture about freedom, markets, and a constitutional government. Can you share some of your insights about the travels? Well, I think one thing is that there's a, a real hunger for knowledge about how a free society functions and for how you can achieve the rule of law. Many people who have been subjected to arbitrary government would like to live a normal life. It was the kind of expression that was used in Eastern Europe at the end of the Soviet Empire. People said, we want to have a normal society. And I think that there's a substantial thirst for that in the Middle East as well, where people have been subjected to either dictatorship on the one hand, and then the opposition has been sometimes made up of uh, fanatical religious zealots, and that's a very unappealing set of alternatives. What explains the intellectual isolation of the Arab world? It's a very interesting problem, and I don't think we have a very good answer to that. Certainly it's a mixture of things. One has been state control of the media, which has recently begun to crumble because of the Internet and because of cable television. Uh, the rigidly uh, controlled media is beginning to become a little bit more diversified and more pluralistic. Uh, that's one element. There may be other reasons as well. It's a hard question, but the fact of the matter is that very, very little literature exists in translation, and Arabic translation from other languages, compared to other great language groups that are spoken around the world. Translating the classics of F.A. Hayek, John Stuart Mill, and Adam Smith is a very impressive undertaking. Would you say that you're waging the battle of ideas? Oh, well, I'm not sure to put it quite that way, but we are certainly in a struggle over ideas. And when you live in a society that has never known a free press, for example, and the ideas of free discussion are simply not widely known, it's very important to get access to works by John Stuart Mill, for example. You'll never think quite the same about open discourse. One of the problems that many societies have is that they are accustomed to the idea that if you disagree with me, you and I are having a fight. But in fact, Mill and others point out that we might disagree, and it might be to my benefit that you disagreed with me, that both of us will learn something as a consequence. Science proceeds by criticism, not by just propagation of dogmas. And so that's one of the notions we want to bring out, is that you can disagree with someone, and it doesn't mean you have to have a fight. Politically, that translates into the idea of a loyal opposition. In many countries, they haven't had that. If you lose, you get wiped out. So there isn't any loyal opposition. The notion of a loyal opposition requires an understanding that you can be in the opposition. You disagree with the government, but you're free to express that view, and you're still loyal to the basic principles of your society, in this case, the ideas of freedom. Such aversion to a plurality of ideas is strange for a culture that essentially preserved the Greek classics during the European medieval period. Well, that is, again, a very interesting issue. The great works of Greek philosophy were, were preserved in Arabic translation. Figures such as Thomas Aquinas came across translations into Latin from Arabic, which had been translated from Greek into Arabic. There's no question that there is a great history of Arabic literature and thought. One of the things that's so striking is that very substantially, 
the liberal stream, classical liberal, free market, uh, individual rights, limited government-oriented, was not transmitted into Arabic. In contrast, however, two other streams of thought were translated in the 20th century into Arabic. Marxism-Leninism, all the works of Marx, Engels, uh, Lenin, and Stalin were translated into Arabic, and this left a lasting imprint. And then the other is the ideas of European fascism, so that the Ba'ath Party of Syria and Iraq, these are basically based on Italian fascism and German national socialism. So those ideas made it into Arabic. But the ideas of the free society, what are known in Europe as liberalism or libertarianism, have remarkably been underrepresented. And that is something that we hope to, to change. How is the Internet transforming our ability to export ideas to the Arab world? Uh, in several ways. One, of course, is that you can publish across borders. One institutional problem that the Arab world faces is enormous barriers to trade and travel among the different Arab nations. And th this is quite striking. They don't have something like the European Union that makes it relatively easy, or the United States, to travel around. Similarly, books, if they're published in one country, it's quite likely they're unavailable in just the next-door country, even though they speak the same language there. So the Internet publishes across borders, and we can put up essays, articles, books, studies, all sorts of things. It also gives people the opportunity to uh, express their ideas and to read the ideas of others in an anonymous fashion. And this is extremely important in societies that have had very, very repressive governments. Some people I know developed all Arabic blogging software until fairly recently. If you wanted to have a blog in Arabic, you had to read English or French to read the software to be able to write a blog. Well, that left out most people who didn't speak English or French well enough to do that. So they invented software that was Arabic all the way through. All the pop-up windows and so on are in Arabic. And this has led to an absolute explosion of blogging in the Arabic world. And this is very, very much to the good. What are your plans for Cato's Arabic website, Lamp of Liberty? Uh, well, we are hoping to expand it. We've already stepped into the next phases of it. We started out with a website and began translating essays, classics, and some contemporary, and also uh, bringing on Arabic-language writers. We've now begun a syndication system for op-eds, about 800-word essays that go out to papers, and we've published already essays in Jordan, in Lebanon, in Egypt, in Bahrain, in Libya, in Tunisia, in Iraq, Egypt, to bring these ideas to newspaper readers. And in each case, it says syndicated by, and then the name of our website. So it's a bit like Amazon.com. If you know the name, you know how to find it, misbaalhuriya.org. So that's one element, and it's driving a lot of visitors to the site where they can find other things if they find these kinds of ideas interesting. Secondly is publishing entire books and working with publishers in the Middle East to bring them out, where we provide a good quality translation that's elegant, that's edited for Arabic style, it doesn't read like it came out of Google Translator. Uh, so that's very important. And then also we're having seminars in the region for Middle Eastern students that are in English and in Arabic. What kind of resources have been devoted to this effort? Well, surprisingly little in terms of finances. We've done this on a pretty lean budget. Most of it has been just the effort of uh, love and dedication of my Arab colleagues. I'm so proud of them for the hours that they put in, 
for the extra effort to make sure that our work is exceptional, that it's good, that it's elegant Arabic, and that it vividly conveys these ideas. I was very happy when I met with Arabic newspaper editors who complimented me on the quality of the translations. And uh, that's because my colleagues have poured their lives into this. To them, it's not just a hobby or a job. This is about transforming their societies to be the kinds of societies they want to raise their children in. This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.